0: You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. The lesson, Malachi chapter 3, verse 13, to the end, Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. We remember here that we are hearing the last words of the Old Testament preached by Malachi. Malachi. Probably around the year 430, as he has now chastised the priests and the rulers and princes in Jerusalem, called them to repentance, and then given them great promises. The promise that a messenger is coming, that's John the Baptist, prepared the way for another messenger, that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And while we would expect the Lord to hammer the people with a severe preaching of the law, we see that and find it here, we also hear his sweet and gospel promises. (laughs) The joy that he has for us. So the text, as printed in your little insert there, from Malachi. Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? You have said, it is vain to serve God. What is the profit of our keeping his charge, or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts? Now we call the arrogant blessed. Evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test, and they escape. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and and one who does not serve him. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you, who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. You shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel? Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day. Of the Lord comes, and He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Amen. But Thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to Thee, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints, this is an absolutely stunning text. And I hope really that as we've studied through Malachi, that you've tuned in to him to hear his preaching and to hear the uh, wisdom that he gives to us, how he leads us to repentance and to faith in Christ. The first part of the text is a, is a theological argument uh, between God and the people where the Lord is taking down a particular theological idea. And it is this that we look around and we see that things go well with the wicked and things go rough with the Christians, and so we say, what's the use of serving God? Now, there is a a way that this thinking creeps into our own minds and our hearts, and it also creeps into the church. That that, That we start to preach that being a Christian makes your life better. That believing in Jesus will make things go more smoothly for you. That following God's law means that, uh, that all the problems of life will disappear. I've heard this before, and, I, and I, as I think about it now, I, just, I can't believe that this was actually preached, but I've heard this preached before. I've heard people say in services, they say, what we want you to do is we want you to try Jesus out and see if he doesn't make your life better. Give them a try, and if it doesn't work, then you can try something else. Can you imagine that? That is the way that the gospel is sometimes preached, that Christianity is presented, that this is a some sort of life improvement plan. I heard an old story. Oh, this is maybe 20 years ago. Uh, I can't believe that I can remember it from that long ago. That's what, But this illustration, which I think gets to this point, which is very helpful by a uh theologian from New Zealand. And he says, can you imagine that there's an airplane and you're riding along in the airplane and the airplane is going to crash. Now, the the stewardess, uh, they're, they're serving first class and there's another stewardess that's serving economy. Okay, And the stewardess that's serving the first class people brings to them a parachute. And they say, and, and the stewardess says to the or the uh, flight attendant, I think is what they're called now. So, sorry. The flight attendant says to the people in first, says, hold this parachute. It's going to make your life a lot easier. The flight will go better. It'll be great for you. So, the you grab a hold of the parachute and you put it there in your lap and and the plane jostles and you, ah, oh, this thing isn't comfortable at all. This isn't making it better. You're there and you're trying to drink your mimosa, you know and the parachute's getting in the way. This is, it's not making the flight easier, it's making it worse. So you put the parachute under the seat in front of you, and, and you're going about your business, but every time the plane rattles, the parachute gets loose, and it gets your feet in the way, and you start to kick the parachute. This is not helping at all, so finally you take it out, and you put it in the overhead bend. I gotta, this is making, it, all these promises are wrong. It's, parachute's just getting in the way. Now, it's different in back in economy because the stewardess back there, the flight attendant, sorry, the flight attendant back there says, grab a hold of this parachute, the plane is crashing. And you grab onto that thing and you strap it on, and now every time the plane rattles a little bit, you cinch it up a little bit tighter. <laughs> then every time there's any sort of turbulence, you grab onto the rope. And it doesn't matter that if it makes you less comfortable. It doesn't matter if it makes your back hurt. You know that this parachute is saving your life. Now the plane crashes. And those who had the parachute in the luggage compartment go down with the plane. But those who were holding on to it for their dear lives, they survive. You see the picture? Jesus is the parachute. The gospel is the parachute it is not supposed to make your life easier it's not it's not supposed to make things better in this world it's supposed to save you the world is going down and everything in it is going down with it and jesus is our salvation so the prophet comes after these people who are saying look at the wicked they've got it so much better Look at the ungodly. They, they do whatever they want. Their, their, their bank accounts are fuller. Their schedule is easier. They have less sickness. They seem like they're happier people. Look at the people in church. They've got all sorts of trouble. Look at the people out there. Things go great. And the prophet says, believe in Jesus because they are going down and you don't want to go down with them. This is the teaching of Psalm seventy-three. We looked at this yesterday in Bible class. Psalm seventy-three says the same thing. I was jealous in my heart because I saw the wicked, and how great it was with the how great things went with the wicked. But then David says, "I went into the temple and I understood their end, that they're going down with the plane, but we're going to survive." So we treasure the gospel not because it makes things better in our lives, but because it saves us from the wrath to be revealed on the last day. We treasure the gospel, not because it makes our days easier, because it makes it easier to wake up in the morning, because it means that we'll have more money and wealth and success in this life. No, we treasure the gospel because in it the Lord gives us the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. Remember, the king that we serve, Jesus, says that my kingdom is not of this world. His riches are not of this world. His treasures are not of this world. His bounty is not of this world, so that your life is not of this world and your treasures are not of this world, but rather are stored up in heaven. Wherever your heart is, that's what Jesus says, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Or remember what the Lord says to Abraham. He says, I, I am your exceedingly great reward. Jesus is your treasure. Jesus is your joy. Jesus is your reward. And stunningly enough, this is unbelievable, Jesus thinks the same thing about you. You are his reward. You are his joy. You are his treasure. Look at what it says here. That's what it says in uh, in verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. It's right there, printed in black and white, because otherwise you wouldn't believe it unless you could see it. It says... They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. We could translate it like this. On the day when I make them my jewel. On the day when I make them my uh, uh, my wealth and my delight. I mean, here we are, spending our whole lives chasing around diamonds or gold or silver or green pieces of paper or whatever. And here the Lord comes to us and he says, I am chasing after you. You are the diamond that I'm hunting for. You are the treasure that I'm seeking. Ah, It's incredible. Jesus tells a parable of a man who found a treasure in a field. He went and he sold everything he had. Everything. I mean, all his wealth, his house, his, his home, his Donkeys, his clothes, his he sold it all so he could have the field, so that he could have the treasure. And you are that treasure. And Jesus is the one who has sold everything, even his life, so that he can have you. That is absolutely stunning. And with that joy, we enter into this last chapter. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when the arrogant and the evildoers will be stubble stubble the day that is coming shall set them ablaze says the lord of hosts so that they will have neither root nor branch but for you who fear my name the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings we're going to have a uh three pictures that are here the one is of a a fire that comes and just destroys everything that's how the last day is for the wicked but for the righteous for the ones that fear his name if you can imagine this that the sun is starting to break and the beams of the sun, the wings of the sun, are starting to shine over the horizon, and wherever the light hits, there's healing, and there's life. There's green fields and pastures. Death it gives way to this great joy of what's coming. And then you, it says in verse 3, with one of the most Beautiful pictures of the whole scriptures. You will tread down the wicked under your feet. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act. You will go out, oh, where did I? miss missed it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Now, I had this morning a picture of what that was in my mind, but I said, "I, I wonder what that actually looks like. So I went on to YouTube, and I put in calves leaping from the stall. And it's amazing probably watched 10 videos of the cows that are held in the the barn all winter. Some of them, calves, they've never seen the green grass like this. And then the farmer lets them out of the barn and the cows, these big, you know, they're what? They're like 800 pounds. They kind of lumber, they lumber out and they walk down the road like this and then they get on the grass and all of a sudden it's like they're possessed. They just start jumping in the air (laughs) and running into each other and chasing each other around, and kicking like this. There's some farm in, in New England that calls it the Dancing of the Ladies, and they have crowds come out to watch the cows come out of the barn for the first time in the spring. And the cows are all jumping around like this, these dairy cows, these big, things, and they're dancing and jumping into each other. It's beautiful to watch. There is one calf, and the farmer was saying that he'd never seen grass before, you know, never seen grass. And it walks out like this, and it sniffs down at the grass and starts eating more and eating a little bit more until his whole body is on it. And then he starts kicking like this, and then he starts running and eating and kicking and running and eating and kicking like this. He doesn't know what to do with himself. Now that's the picture in the in, that's supposed to be in your mind for you, for you, and for me. That when that when Jesus comes and He sets us free, and He says, "No longer will the devil hold you in His." In his captivity, no longer will you be held bound by the chains of the fear of death. No, 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 no more will you be held down by the shame of your sin, by the guilt of your iniquity, by the fear of God's judgment. No more. You are set free from that. For, for if the sun sets you free, says Jesus, you will be free indeed. And that's what's happening here. Malachi says, for you who fear my name, that day, the day of the Lord, the coming of the Son of God, will come for you like the great day of your emancipation. And you will go out like calves, leaping from the stall, feeling the grass under your feet and the sun on your face and breathing the free air, a freedom that you've never known. That's what the gospel brings. Now, I don't want all of you to be jumping out of church. <laughs> be careful. I don't want you to, I mean, you, we could break something. <laughs> but the day is coming. You, you get this? The day is coming when the joy and the freedom of the sons of God will be so manifest that we will not be able to hold back for joy, for happiness, for delight, in knowing that we belong to Jesus. And his life belongs to us. Those who fear my name, for you, the son of righteousness, will will rise with healing in its wings. And you you shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. The freedom has been proclaimed already. And you have it by faith. When you believe the promise of the gospel, you are set free from every bondage and every, f- and every fear that could ever come upon you. You're set free from the punishment of your sin. And one day soon, you will not only have it by faith, but you will have it by sight. Jesus will call you up out of the grave, give you a resurrected body, and usher him into the glory that awaits you. I think it's wonderful that, that God gave this to Malachi to be the last words spoken to the people as they waited for Jesus. And I hope that this picture of the calves leaping for the stall will also hold us through the time that we have to wait. To wait for our last day. To wait for the resurrection of the body. To know that this is what is coming. Joy. Peace freedom, one for you by Jesus. May it give you comfort. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.